Welcome to the Free Birth Podcast, a supportive space for people who are learning, exploring, and celebrating their autonomous choices in childbirth. Together, we'll unpack truths, share personal stories, and claim our ability to birth freely and intuitively. Here's your host, Emily Saldea. many ways to interact with Free Birth Society. These include our incredible offering, The Complete Guide to Free Birth, which is the most comprehensive online course available on how to give birth in your power. We also have a beautiful free birth meditation program called the Sovereign Birth Meditation Series, designed to help you release your fears and actualize your dream birth. Our latest course is called Through the Veil, a profoundly personal, radical pregnancy companion program by Yolanda Norris Clark that offers the opportunity to travel with Yolanda as she moves through the last trimester of her most recent pregnancy and invites you into her birth room to witness the birth of her eighth child. And if you're looking for a deeper connection and the opportunity for sisterhood in community with radical, like-minded women, the Free Birth Society private membership is for you, and you can apply on our website to become a member. We also offer personalized one-on-one transformational coaching with a focus on learning the tools to move out of victim consciousness and towards self-responsibility. Skills that translate to freedom, not only in the context of birth and mothering, but in every area of life. And finally, we are offering all of you, our amazing listeners, the free gift of Yolanda's 20-minute Birth Affirmations audio recording, a gorgeous, soothing meditation that every pregnant mother should have. So just head on over to our website at freebirthsociety.com, sign up, and Yolanda's affirmations will be sent directly to your inbox. I sit down with my friend Kayla, and she shares the wonderfully entertaining and wisdom-rich story of her first birth, in which she chose to follow her intuition and had a wild pregnancy and a truly euphoric free birth. Kayla shares how she laughed her baby into the world, her refreshing take on spirit babies, and how she used her breastfeeding challenges as an opportunity to heal her mother wound. I want to say as I welcome you onto the show that it's really wonderful to have you here because I've known you through this whole journey. And so it's like extra fun that, you know, you were on so many of our calls when, you know, you were with us from the beginning when we launched our membership. And, and so as we're now sitting together, I'm, I'm like getting reminded of, you know, all these beautiful village prenatal calls we did where you would say your birth dream and, yeah, so that's just really sweet. Now here we are, seven months postpartum, for you to tell your epic tale. Yeah, and I, I always kind of forget that. Like, we, I've just known you for so long <laughs> and known Free Birth Society for so long that the beginning of this, I mean, starting at the very beginning, it was before I even knew Free Birth Society as a whole. 
Um, but free birth society is a huge intricate part of why I had the baby and why I chose the free birth. But to start off my mothering journey, um, I'll be flat out and say, I was, I remember sitting in high school, people talking about wanting to have babies. And I was like, yep, that'll never be me. Not until I'm like, yeah, not until I'm like in my, I don't know, late thirties, I've lived life. I've had my career. Um, so yeah, it's super interesting to remember that moment like sitting in high school being like yeah I don't want kids and then being in grad school on the last tail end of grad school and my doctorate program and I was literally woke out of bed one morning and I was like I need to have a baby wow (laughs) yeah like it was I mean like day and night I just sat up out of bed one morning and I was like you know I had learned how to take care of pregnant women and I'm you know certified in taking care of my own chiropractically but I never, I did it just to do it, just to, you know, to finish the credentials. So mm-hmm. if I ever had a pregnant woman come into my office, if I ever chose to see children, I would have the education too. And pretty much maybe shortly after I had that education, I just like sat up one morning and I was like, pregnant women are amazing. You know, like they're so, that is so freaking cool that, that women get to do this. And so I remember laying there in bed, like, searching Instagram for like pregnant topics, you know, like I just became fascinated. And mm-hmm. I remember I did a lot of meditation um, and I've always been very um, prophetic in a way since I was a child. And so I remember having dreams of being pregnant around this time and seeking out the meaning of that. And really, you know, pregnancy is new life. So not, you know, not even the true meaning of pregnant dreams being I had to be pregnant, but more of like there was something on the horizon for me. And so I remember really diving deep into pregnancy. And uh, my husband was like, at the time was completely ready to have children. I think whenever I said was ready to go because he's always wanted children um, like a lot sooner than I did. And so I remember saying to him, you know, when do you think you want to have a child? And he was like, well, you know, whenever you're done with school would be a good time. Like whenever you're ready. And I was like, okay. And so we kind of left it at that. And I started having dreams um, and very vivid, very vivid um, meditation, images of colors. And like, I I can't even put words to it in a worldly sense. Um, They don't even exist in this world, I guess, for me to describe, but more of like purples and greens and like dancing orbs and it was so beautiful and I loved going there I loved spending time there um to a sense that it was almost like not probably normal how much I loved just like laying in bed (laughs) and just being in that world and so gosh that went on for a while and I remember as a chiropractor we're always like in the world of home birth and um, natural birth and the powers that be of the body and respecting innate and universal intelligence and letting it have its time and its place and respecting physiology, normal physiology and not weighing on the pathological side of things. And so I had thought in my head many times, you know, if we are going to have a child, it's going to be at home. There's no other way than to have my baby at home. Um, but I remember saying to my husband, you know, like, if we're going to have a baby, like we're going to have it at home. Right. And he was like, yeah, well, of course, you know, like at home, that's, you know, how all chiropractors do it. We all have our babies at home. And growing up, I was very, a very sick child. I spent a lot of time in doctor's offices. I spent a lot of time them not knowing what was wrong with me, having like, you know, 
experimental procedures, what's going on. And I was terrified of the hospital, terrified of doctors. Uh, my mom had two traumatic cesareans. She almost died with me because um, she hemorrhaged so bad. Um, she didn't plan on actually having children after me and then was going through a lot of health issues and was on a experimental clinical trial of a drug for um, the autoimmune disease that she has. It's pretty common now, but at the time it was really rare. And she got pregnant and didn't really expect to be getting pregnant because she was on birth control, but the drug counteracted her birth control um, because she didn't want to go through what she went through with me because she was completely scarred. I mean, I wasn't breastfed. I wasn't, um, you know, I, I wasn't brought up the way that, you know, of the mindset of what I imagined, even this much so, like a tiny little bit of what I first saw for my future children if I were to have them. And so, all these things in my mind, I'm like, yeah, like I hate hospitals. That's like, that's why probably why I never wanted to have kids. Like my mom had told me how horrible of a situation it was, how she didn't get to hold me after I was born, how they took me away, you know, like she didn't even get to see me because there was so much going on with her that she was thankful for my dad to be there and be able to hold me and, you know, and just a lot of trauma. And so hearing that most of my life, I had said, yeah, probably subconsciously, this is why I don't want to have children. And so I started looking and I started reading like home birth um, magazines um, that are, you know, chiropractically um, aligned um, that I had on hand at the school library, different things, listening to podcasts, listening to birth stories for women who've had home births. And I just remember waking up one morning and I said to my husband, do you think people have babies like alone, like without anybody? <laughs> and he was like, um, well, there's probably a few, like, you know, some, there's always somebody doing something completely different than what everybody else is doing. And I said, okay. So I got on, I was sitting in um, x-ray pathology class and I was like totally not paying attention and was totally just Googling on my computer, like home birth without midwife and free birth society popped up um, <laughs> in the search. And I went to the Facebook page and I like, started reading like a little bit about what the info was and then I clicked join and I like got out of it within a few days and I remember just like that week that's all I did was like read and read and read and read and came across um the podcast came across everything I was like I remember running home I'm like Anthony there's tons of women that do this like and he was like well I'm not sure if we should do that and I'm like okay well we'll figure it out we'll think about it and he was like okay whatever so we started talking about when we were going to have a baby. I had really, at that point, conscious conception had found me. Um, and I was like, wow, this is why I woke up wanting to be pregnant. This is why I woke up feeling super maternal and wanting to create life. And this is why I found Rebirth Society. And everything in my life has always kind of found its way or been manifested in every beautiful sense that it could be. So I knew this wasn't you know, nothing short of a coincidence, you know, uh, I knew it was real. And I said to my husband, why don't you start meditating? Like, let's do this together, you know? And he was like, you've always had all these wonderful things come to you and nothing ever comes to me. And I'm like, but try it, you know, just try it, just be open to it. And at this point I was, I can't, I was home back in Ohio um, for a weekend to visit family or something and he was down here still in South Carolina 
And I got a text message from him and he said, Hey, I just got done meditating. And I was like, you know, and dot, dot, dot. Like, what is there something more to that? He was like, I met a little girl. Um, she came to me and she was playing with the dogs and she called me dad. And I just like was bawling my eyes out. So I couldn't believe it. Um, is this what you experienced? And I was like, well, I've never seen a person before. <laughs> I was like, so I've never experienced that. Um, and he was like, I, he was just in awe. He couldn't believe that that had happened. Aww. So we came back down. When I came back home to South Carolina, um, that's when we really decided that we were really going to actively start the conscious conception process. And um, I said I wanted to give it about six months before we actually started trying. I wanted to grow our relationship with the spirit and really learn, you know, what we were supposed to do. And I was actually, again, I was met by somebody um, who was a spirit baby intuitive, um, who, gosh, she came in at the right time, exactly when she just confirmed everything that I was getting, my husband was getting through our meditations and helped facilitate the process of allowing. Um, And she also was, you know, contacted by the same spirit. And I, you know, I always felt like the unassisted birth, the wild pregnancy, free birth, all of that was exactly what I was supposed to do. And that was confirmed, you know, like I had no fear. I mean, it felt so good not having to be weighed down by the thought of the the system or the hospital or even a midwife at home. Like I was fully in control. And so when that all came into alignment, we said, you know what? Like we're, we took a a late honeymoon, like about a year and some change later. We're like, let's mark that day. Like, let's start trying that week of our honeymoon because like, this is so real. Like it's meant to happen. I have no like qualms about or questions about anything. Like I know this is absolutely the right time. And we just kept connecting and kept getting so many rich visions and feelings and thoughts and, um, I know, like I never saw physical appearances of this um, little girl, but I did see signs in terms of butterflies. Gosh, butterflies abounding. <laughs> I mean, I've never seen this many butterflies in my life before. Um, and every time there would be some type of confirmation of some sort, um, whether it be making a decision in terms of, life in terms of um inner growth or uncomfortableness or working through something like a deep inner work it was always butterflies it was always cardinals I mean I really thought like we were living in a greenhouse for a while of butterflies (laughs) that was like and not just like your normal like in South Carolina there's lots of like yellow butterflies I mean like very blue iridescent and like I mean, I was like, why is this thing following me? Like, I swear this is the thing that's been with me like the last three days. And so it was just magical. And I really think that's the main reason why I was able to commit to being fearless in my wild pregnancy and my free birth because it found me. Like, I didn't have to make any conscious decisions. Everything just fell into alignment. And... Well, and you were open 
to seeing it that way. Yes, that's true. Because yes. it's all perspective. Like it's just a tilt, yes. right? So oh, absolutely. You you sound like you had had and have because I know you such a such a willingness to play with how you co-create your reality. And so being open to signs is just like a playful way of interpreting life in your co-creation, right? So while it found you, you were also open to being found, right? Like it all goes together. (laughs) Yeah, that's absolutely true. And I think a really good, um, another one I met along the process, she she just kept telling me, she's like, you just need to like, I used to be so uptight. I used to be like such a type <laughs> A, like so in control, like a plan for, in case the plan of the plan didn't go as planned. Like that was me. Uh, totally not that way anymore. Um, but I remember she, this woman kept saying to me, um, you just need to be childlike. Like you just need to play. And I did. That's exactly what I did. And it felt so good to just not be like so tight. It just like to flow and let things flow. And that's really one of the big lessons throughout this whole entire thing is just like letting go and really just like surrendering to being playful, much like you said, and being open to those things. And so when we started um, in Mexico trying to conceive, um, you know, I just, I was too in my head, like, why isn't this happening? You know, everything said it was going to happen. And I got very like discouraged and disappointed. And, you know, I mean, it only took us three months to conceive, but like in the like grand scheme of three months, when you spend like a year, connecting and growing you're like damn it why is this happening um and I mean when I finally like speaking to just the the power of the 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 letting go um lesson that I had learned in all of this I remember I was tracking doing the fertility awareness method just tracking um my fertility because I did have a pretty much a two-year-long journey of regaining my fertility back after many years of um injuring my body through 12 years of birth control. Um, and so I had a very long process to get here. So it was very frustrating to me to really let go of that fertility awareness method, just to, to, to see my body working was so powerful to me and to actually like turn that off. But, um, the month I turned that off and said, this is the last month I'm doing it. That's the month I got pregnant. Uh, it was like that last straw of letting go and really surrendering to the process. Um, and I had a beautiful experience. I felt the the spark of conception, which I will never, I'll never ever forget that day. I mean, it was just as powerful as my birth. Um, and so on that day in September, I remember I went back into the clinic um, at this, you know, I was still in school seeing people um, and I was sitting on the computer doing work. It was like the morning after I was like, just like jolted. And I'm like, it literally felt like an earthquake inside of me. And I remember I texted my husband. I was like, I think it worked. <laughs> you know, I, I think I'm pregnant. And he was like, well, we'll see, you know, like, you know, I, he said the same thing. He like, he had, we both had that same like feeling. Like we just like knew I was pregnant like immediately. Um, and I was like, okay, well, you know, traditionally they say like, you have to like wait a week to take a test. And I was like, should I even take the test? Like, I know I'm pregnant, but you know, I thought I was pregnant before this. It's just my playing a bunch of mind games. And so we went up to Asheville to get ourselves entrained um, because we both are under like a very energetic network type of care. And uh, we went out to dinner beforehand and my husband was like, this was like two days later. And he's like, "Um, I wanted to wait till dinner to tell you this because I just couldn't tell you. We had to be like in a 
place where like, yeah, it had to be perfect. I'm like, okay. And you're like, just like tears start running down his face. And he was like, um, when I was standing and trained on the table, he was like, the little girl came to me again. And she said that she's with mommy now. And I was like, what? Like, and he was just like, he just like was sobbing, like of tears of joy. And I like, I was like in shock. And I was like, well, like, I guess that's another sign, you know, I mean, I should take a test. And my mind kept telling me like, don't take a test because that's just going against letting go. Like that's just going against letting go. And then I was like, you know what? I'm not going to take a test. I was like, I'm just going to figure it out. You know, I'm just going to let the signs keep coming. I was like, if I don't get any more signs by like this time next week, then I'll for sure take a test. <laughs> you know, like playing the game, just trying to like rationalize everything. I had a dream that night um, and I woke up the next morning and I was like, what the hell? I'm going to take a test. <laughs> so I went in the bathroom, took a test and I got the strongest positive. Like I, in a way, like I just feel like, you know, going against the cultural, like implantation doesn't happen until what, like day six or seven, seven to 10. Like it was three days after. And I like got the strongest pregnancy test in the world. And I was like, this is, I'm just staying out of the system. Like uh, this is just confirmation. <laughs> and I mean, I, so much, I'm resonating with your story so much. And I had such a similar story and it took us two months and, um, which I know for a lot of people, they'll hate us that it happened that quick, but still it was like very heady and same with the head games. And I didn't want to take a test. And then I did. And what I kind of came to was actually the taking the test helped me let go. Whereas, you know, I, I, I was feeling the same of like, that's just like not letting go. And it's like another way to control. And, but it was so heady. And because I had already thought I was pregnant and I didn't want to be disappointed. And I just wanted to know, I relaxed around that and was like, actually, maybe the test will help me let go. And it really did. I still love the idea of, I'd love to have a pregnancy where I don't test. Um, but also it was our first, like, <laughs> I just, I'm so with you on this journey. It's so, so similar to what I went through. Yeah. So I, once I took that test, I was like, you know, in your head, you just like envision like how everything's going to go. Like once you get the positive pregnancy test and then I was like, I'm letting it all go. Like everything's out the window now. Like I'm pregnant. Like it was like six o'clock in the morning on a Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> and I like ran like woke my husband up I was like you're not gonna believe it and he was like what 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 like why are you waking me up it's like six o'clock in the morning on a Saturday and so I told him and he was in complete shock um and from then on he was like wow he's like it's just like stone cold face like we're doing this like like we're doing this like we're gonna have this baby like completely like wild pregnancy completely unassisted and I was like like damn right we are like here it is like this is our confirmation and so it's exactly what we did and uh, I'm very grateful that I had a husband that was um you know in chiropractic school at the same time like at the time this was going on understands the, the philosophical principles of normal physiology in life and the power of the woman's body to give birth and respects all of that so I you know I'm of thankfully the many few that do have very supportive partners in this situation so um, I rolled with it. I mean, we, we had all the hard conversations and the, the, the greatest thing for us was the free birth society course module. Um, all, even though I had been, you know, a part of the group, a part of the, the, um, just the private network started, I think when I was like, maybe let's see, September, October. So like two months pregnant, basically. Um, and I got the course module and I was like, like, 
you need to sit down and we need to do this together because like, although you're a hundred percent, you know, on board, like I need to make sure, you know, everything, like, you know, that you're as certain as I'm certain in this. And so we did, we worked through it. Um, we worked through all the hard questions. We made a lot of um, decisions in terms of if things didn't go the way we envisioned them going. Um, it was such a beautiful alignment of us together that I felt so powerful in my wild pregnancy. Um, there wasn't one single time that, that I can even think of that I questioned my body. Um, there was one time that I, that I definitely can remember where I thought I, um, I was like, okay, things need to change at this point in time. Like I need to change something. And that was around like 29 weeks, you know, when you're like building blood and your body's like gearing up for birth. And so all I did was start eating more, you know, iron rich vegetables. And within a week I was perfectly fine. You know, I just felt like I was really listening intuitively to my body and you know, I had stopped working out because I was extremely, um, just extremely heavy in lifting and being super lean before I was pregnant. So I stopped that six months before I got pregnant. Um, I started taking, um, like collagen and ensuring that I was getting whole nutrients through my diet six months before, um, I didn't take a prenatal vitamin. Um, I, that was, I was totally against that. I only took like two things that I knew my physiology needed. Um, and I chose to take DHA and EPA because I don't get a lot of, I don't eat a lot of meat. I'm not like, I do eat meat, but I'm not a big meat eater. Um, so I chose to take that and then I took collagen and that was pretty much it. And I listened to my body. I woke up in the morning. I slept however long I needed to sleep. Um, I was fortunate enough to of course be almost done with school. So I was only seeing, um, people at the clinic. I wasn't working long hours. I was making my own hours, seeing the people that I've been seeing and I just hung out. I mean, I did a lot of deep work. I, gosh, it was like, now it looks easy, but during the time it was so hard to sit there and think of like those processes rolling in my head. And well, and like doing nothing is really fucking hard. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I thought I felt that a lot of like any time a fear came up or or any like new level of depth in the wild pregnancy was like, oh, there's another layer, there's another layer, there's another layer. And yeah. What do I have to do? Oh, nothing. I don't have to do anything. Oh, right. wow. okay. Yeah. yeah. And so I remember, I remember our first village prenatal call. Hmm. Um, I was. It had to have been like November, right? Because yeah. that was yeah. So it was like the end of November. Um, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to get on the call. I don't know if I'm going to say anything because I haven't really like thought about my birth because I like was working through a lot of the trauma of my mom's birth and like in my own head, like, cause you know, she thankfully was very supportive despite her history. Um, and she just would always, she never invaded my, my bubble, my personal bubble. She would, cause she, I think she was fearful she was very fearful. Um, but she knows, as my mom has said to me multiple times, I know not to get in your way because you're going to do whatever the hell you want to do. <laughs> so thankfully she respected that, but she would come to me when and we're on the phone and be like, you know, um, I'm glad your pregnancy is going great. You know, like mine, I was completely sick all the way till 36 weeks with you, you know, like, I'm so happy you're having a better experience than I did, which was, you know, healing, I think for the both of us, because she was able to see that our pregnancies were completely different. So it wasn't just like happenstance that 
you know, I got lucky in terms of a sense. She was very honoring of my body and trusted me. Um, yeah. And like, I actually didn't even realize, um, like my mom just recently told me over Christmas that my grandmother had like the easiest and most natural of births with both of her kids that, I mean, she had them in a hospital, but like the OB said to her, you are like the picture perfect woman for birth. Like you should just keep having children because it's like so at ease for you. And my grandmother didn't want any more than two children. But like when my mom said that to me, I was like, you know, that never came up, but like, that's crazy. Like when you talk, when you, like what you said, when you think about like, like maternal lineages, where like we're just all destined to be miserable in pregnancy and birth. Like, yeah, it was one bad generation that my mom experienced. Like, and I don't have to keep it going that way. But I do, going back to the uh, the life prenatal, you were like, in all the like lovingness that I absolutely love who you are, you were like, just say it. Like, just say what you want. Like, if there's nothing keeping you from having what you want, like if you want to have a baby in the middle of a rainstorm, but you live in the desert, well, put yourself there. Like, I remember you saying that and I was like, oh, duh. Like, <laughs> and so I was like, you know what? I should probably do this. Like, I should probably just say what's on my mind and I did and then the next month we got on the same call like it just started coming to me and when I was maybe a week or two postpartum like I was thinking about our calls and I was thinking about my birth like I literally had the birth that we talked about and that evolved through our village like all the way down to like having the baby overnight and having the sun shine through the window in the morning. Like I just were like, I remember that, like seeing the light. But yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. so we can dream our birth. Like we absolutely can. And that's the whole point of the village. <laughs> well, and that's what we obviously say in the call is you can't actualize your dream if you have no clue what it is. And if you don't have the willingness and the courage and the vulnerability to dream your dream and then say your dream, well, then you don't have a compass for manifesting. And I mean, it's, it's true for all areas of life. You know, if, if you're trying to manifest a dream job or a dream life or a dream partner or whatever, and that's different than having you know, crazy expectations or there's other words, you know, that maybe I can see kind of get um, lost in this whole concept. But the, the, the exercise of fantasizing and allowing yourself to dream with no boundaries is really just not something as adults that we're like allowed to do. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, I've just seen it totally transform women's journeys into creating a really, really, really mother-centered epic birth story. And I remember, um, you know, speaking to the simple fact that we could dream whatever we dream, I focused so heavily on my birth because it was my first baby and I wanted to be the birth that I envisioned and dreamed of that I think it was maybe a month or two out and we started doing... um, dreaming about our postpartum period. And I knew I was going to do the 40 day lay in, but I didn't even know what that looked like. And I remember on that call, I was like, shit, Kayla, like you haven't even thought about this. Like you're about, you could give birth tomorrow and you haven't even thought about any of this. And I really speak to my treacherous breastfeeding journey. Um, 
mm. as to a part of not dreaming. I mean, I didn't, I just expected like expectations, you know, un, unbacked expectations. I just expected breastfeeding to be whatever I thought it was going to be and more. Um, because I'd always, I wasn't breastfed as a child. And I, I know now being a mom and going through all that deep work that like a lot of my mother wound um, is from my, not breastfeeding. And so I, I really lived, relived the mother wound uh, in my breastfeeding journey. And out of this entire birth pro- postpartum process, like next time going into it, I will absolutely do the work necessary because it was hard, you know? Yeah. And, and it highlights the larger point here, which is all we're talking about is living in intention. That's really it. Like this idea of dreaming your dream birth and and telling it, you know, to your friends or to those around you or writing it down. Like all that is, is creating your vision, creating your intention. So there's nowhere that you shouldn't apply this to, right? Like it, it, it's it's the journey of living with great intention. And so yes, postpartum, but also yes, everything, right? Like your whole life, how you eat, how you make money, how you mother, how you friend, how you wife, how you daughter, like all of it is like, have we really taken the time to do the exercise of what is our dream dynamic with our mother? What is our dream dynamic with our partner? What is our dream job? What is our dream life? And I've really been playing with that question the last, maybe like, well, my whole life, but really this whole last year has really like up-leveled and been like, okay, when I accept the truth that I'm a powerful manifester, am I living in my highest dream? And in some areas I could find yes. And in some areas I could find no. And so I really think a lot of this spawned from learning about the village prenatal and even just getting that practice of asking the question, what is my dream? And am I willing, am I willing to dream it? And then am I willing to have it? Yeah. Right. Because I know plenty of women who will say their dream birth and then go sabotage it. Right. And so, yes, I love that you brought that up about postpartum because it, that's exactly right. And that's so wise. Like it, there's no end. <laughs> it's not just the birth. The birth is a beginning, really inspiring place to start. Um, and that's always why we say when you do the dream, always make sure you also envision releasing your placenta. Because I've seen lots of women have these dream births and then they never had spent any time imagining their placenta be born. And then that can take a while and scare them. Or And then with postpartum too. Yeah. So for anyone who's been inspired by this conversation, yes, keep going. What's your dream birth? What's your dream postpartum? And then keep going. <laughs> what's your dream? What's your dream relationship? What's your dream breastfeeding dynamic? What's your dream mothering, you know, setup beyond postpartum? I mean, we're always postpartum, but like beyond those, those 40 days. Yeah. And I think knowing the next time I have so much more to dream, you know, I mean, I think yeah. <laughs> going through the birth, birth portal and doing the work to get there. I know, um, I know I have things in me now that I ha- will have to work through whenever that, you know, next meeting comes and conscious, conscious conception, um, abounds, but I, I know there's more important things and I don't mean more important as birth is less important, but like birth is a moment in time and then it's completely gone. And then you're a reborn woman. You're a new mother. You are a new wife. You're a new daughter. You're a new in everything of your life. And I didn't prepare for that. I didn't prepare for the, the, the dreams that went with what comes afterwards. And I did, I really felt the, the maiden to mother 
wound really in the very beginning. Um, although my first 40 days was wonderful. Um, I hit day 41 and I was like, holy shit, like <laughs> I have to get up and go back to life. Like, you know, and I wasn't prepared for that. So much so going into the second round, I will definitely take initiative. And like you said, it's, you know, I use it in the business world. I use it as who I am as a person, but I can't just use it in birth and expect everything that follows birth to go in that direction. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, I mean, guess talking about my birth, um, gosh, I really could just tell my dream birth and that's exactly what it was. And, uh, <laughs> that's so cool. Um, okay. Yeah. So tell us the story. So I, I really thought most of my pregnancy that I would go to 43 weeks. Um, my mom was in emergency C-section um, out of an, a failed induction at 42 weeks. Um, so I was like, yeah, for sure. Like, you know, buying into the whole, you know, first time pregnancy, average of 41 to 42 weeks. I'm like, well, I don't have a care provider. So I'm going to gestate this baby as long as this baby wants to be gestated for. And so I wasn't ready. like. I was mentally ready, but like I wasn't consciously expecting myself to go into spontaneous labor at 39 weeks and four days. Um, and so it was Wednesday night, um, the last week of May, and I had come home and I went to the bathroom and I'd started losing a little bit of mucus plug. And I was like, oh, you know, I had lost some like weeks before and like much so it can regenerate. I knew that. So I'm like, yeah, I'm not really like set on this like my belly was low the entire time like my entire pregnancy so I didn't have like the big significant drop um so I was like you know I'm probably just so it's probably going to be like another week or two or whatever you know I'm open to it it's fine and I was taking it easy just doing light walks keeping my nutrition up making sure I was watered correctly you know (laughs) doing all of the things um just to prepare myself mentally I was meditating listening to music dancing I mean I, I just was living such an abundant, like opportunistic time. I was really loving it. I wasn't in any pain. Um, I really wasn't this like uncomfortable either. Like I know a tons of women were like, you'll know when the baby's coming because you're going to be uncomfortable. And I'm like, well, the baby's surely not coming anytime soon based on that assumption, because I'm not uncomfortable. Like I love being pregnant. Like I'm one of the really crazy women that would probably just rather be pregnant all the time than not be. Like, I just love being pregnant. I love the abundance, the healing, the um, maternal wisdom, like, of carrying life. Like, it was so beautiful. And I I saw that, that mucus plug and, like, I was kind of sad, like, in a way. I was like, well, I surely have probably at least another two weeks. You know, like, this is fine. And I told my husband and he was coming up on fine. I was out of school. I was done. I was already practicing and he was coming up on his finals week and, and, and for chiropractic school. And so I was like, you know, like you may want to let your professors know that like you may not be there for finals. Cause I think this baby's coming. He's like, no, he's like, I, I just don't feel it yet. Like, you know, and we were very connected. So like for him to say that it wasn't offensive to me, but I was like, you know what? Like, I kind of feel the same way, even though like I see like a physical thing, like, and he goes, well, just keep me updated. You know, it, it, it'll be fine. We surely at least have another week. So that was Wednesday. Thursday, I saw my patients for the day. I told them, I didn't say anything because I didn't think I was having the baby. And I was like, well, you know, I'll see you on Monday. Um, you know, not a big deal. They're like, you, you might have this baby this weekend. And I was like, no. So I have, I was like, I don't think so. Like, I don't think I'm having this baby this weekend. And this one of the little girls that I check um, in her family, 
she came in and she said, Dr. Kayla, you're going to have your baby tomorrow. And I said, oh yeah, like okay. And she was like, yeah, you are. And I said, okay. And so after she left, I shouldn't think anything of it. I went, it was Thursday. I went to the bathroom. Um, I wiped and bloody mucus plug. And I was like, oh my gosh, like I'm going to have to see me. So my husband came home and I was like, yeah, you're definitely going to have to email your professors because you surely are not going to be there on Monday. Uh, I was like, because we're going to have this baby within like by the weekend, I'm assuming. And he was like, are you serious? Like, are you serious? And I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty serious. And so, I mean, it was just playful with the two of us. Like, we don't know when the baby's going to come. Like, we like really thought baby's going to be born in June because, you know, my guest date was in June, you know, like at first time mom, all these like heady things. And I'm like, yeah, probably a June baby. And so that was Thursday night. You know, I kept losing a little bit of bloody mucus plug. And I was like, I felt great. Um, and so Friday morning, um, or Thursday evening, I went to bed. I was like, you know, everything's fine. Like, I don't even feel anything. Like I didn't feel anything at all. I was completely normal, um, to how I usually felt. And so I went to bed, I woke up at 1230, um, and I got up, went to the bathroom as I had to pee a thousand times a night. And I was so proud my entire pregnancy that I never peed myself. Like that was my one, like I've never peed myself during pregnancy. And I remember standing up and I was like, Oh no, like it's happening. Like I just peed myself. (laughs) And I went to the bathroom and I sat down and I was like, wait, I'm not peeing myself. Like, and I had a little bit of excitatory moment. Like, yeah, I still didn't pee myself. And then like, Oh my gosh, my water is released. Like, oh my gosh, like, I'm having a baby. Like, I totally forgot that I had lost my mucus plug. Like, I was just in that little, like, a daze, just waking up to pee moment. And so I went back in bed. Like, I didn't feel anything, though. So I'm like, well, this is strange. Like, I don't feel anything. And so I woke my husband up, and I was like, Anthony, I was like, I just, like, my water's just released. And he was like, oh, okay, okay. And I'm like, go back to sleep. I'm going to go back to sleep. I'm like, I don't feel anything. It's fine. And he rolled over and went right back to sleep. So I fell asleep. Oh I, I, I dozed off for a little bit. That's and, impressive um, that you were able to sleep. <laughs> yeah, I, I am like, I've, I've been known <laughs> to sleep through um, a, a, a real fire alarm. Oh my um, God, out. Um, <laughs> I'm a great sleeper. Um, sleep is one of my, the problems that I don't have. Um, so I went right back to sleep and I remember, I mean, I probably only slept for like an hour. It wasn't that much longer. And I remember rolling over. And now, mind you, I just didn't look into anything in terms of pregnancy, but like only knowing my professional background in terms of just normal physiology and also in terms of like the the free birth podcast that I've heard before, before, excuse me, other birth stories, you know, whatever. So I wasn't too... um, I guess inundated or super experienced in terms of like what happens during early labor, um, other than just like the medical status quo, you know, like the signs you're supposed to know or whatever, um, from just like my OB class in graduate school. So I was like, yeah, like I, I'm sure I'm in early labor. Like I don't feel anything. And then I, when I woke up after, um, my little nap, um, it was like two o'clock in the morning and, I 
started having like this weird, like it was like almost someone like was kicking me in the back. And I was like, that's like, it's just cramping. And I was like, well, that's weird. And I'll be honest, I completely forgot my water's release like before I fell back to sleep. Um, so I was like, this is strange. And I was like, well, like, huh. I was like laying there thinking that like, it just hit me. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like, wait a second. This is probably like birth sensations. Like, this is so strange. Like, this is not what anybody's ever said they felt like. And so I start playing the head game again. I'm like, well, I know my baby is head down because I'm a chiropractor and I feel the way the baby is all the time. Like, I had never had any ultrasounds, of course, with a wild pregnancy. I hadn't had anything. But I knew, like, the baby hadn't moved. Like, it was always right off foot anterior my entire pregnancy. I could just tell from how I could feel it. So I felt, and I'm like, no, it's not back labor. Like, this is weird. Like, like well, I just lay here. And a good friend of mine who is um, a doula, she, I know she just always tells everybody. She's just like, you know, don't ever, don't ever time birth. Don't ever time anything. Don't ever, don't pull out your phone. Don't do like, you know, don't time your contractions. That's just, you know, don't do it. And so I was like, I heard her saying that in the back of my head, but I'm like, I really feel these really close together. Like, this is strange. And now we did have a birth photographer. So I did have to call her and get her over to our house. So I'm like, I started singing a song I don't remember what it was but like one of those like really catchy like 80s tunes that like has like a beat to it you could like see how far apart they were and they were like I could get through a a pretty about like short amount of lines until the next one so I was like well I know she said not to but I need to see how far along these are like how close they are so they were three minutes apart and they were like getting intense but like nothing that like I just couldn't lay there anymore I just felt like I needed to walk It's one thing to time them when it's rooted in curiosity and playfulness. And when you also, because I know you do, have a deep understanding of how meaningless it is. Like, then it's like, fine. It's like playful and fun. And, you know, it's just like something to do. Because the irony of timing contractions is that everyone times them in the beginning when it doesn't matter. No one times them at the end when it does matter. You know, so... But because you know all that, it like doesn't feel the same. Whereas like someone who's going to be really type A and obsess over it and look for all this meaning and it's going to like get them in their head and basically ruin their birth. Like, okay, that's who she's talking to. Yeah. And like, that's funny that you say that. Cause like, I really feel like as much as I, like I lost a lot of my type A-ness in graduate school, like learning just normal processes of life. But birth was like where I really like, let it go. Like when I literally just shed my skin of that. And this was like, I look back at these moments where I'm just laughing. Like, I really did that. Like, I was really concerned about like not timing it because someone said not to. Like, that's so funny to me at this point. But like, it was such an integral part of me learning to let it go. Like, if I wouldn't have timed it, I felt like it, felt, it probably would have sabotaged my birth because I would have been like, oh no, somebody said not to. And then that's totally anti-autonomous of the whole reason why I'm doing this. So I remember like, seeing how close they were and I'm like well like shit I better wake up my husband like he's over here just knocked out sleeping so I like I wake him up and he like he rolls over and he's like is everything okay and I'm like we're gonna have this baby and he's like he literally goes and like shoots up out of bed and goes excuse me (laughs) it's like like I said Anthony like I told you like three hours ago that my water's released he was like that was real and I was like yeah. And he's like, I thought that was a dream. He like, and he shot up and stood up out of bed and was like already by the master bedroom door. And I'm like, is everything okay? And he's like, we're going to have this baby. And I'm like, 
are you telling me? Like, <laughs> it was like he was in such joy. And then he disappeared. And I'm like, and I call him, I'm like, where are you at? And he's like, well, I have to clean the whole house. I'm like, so like, I never nested, but clearly like he did all the <laughs> nesting for me because for the next like 35 minutes, I didn't see him unless I called him and needed him because he was cleaning. Like he vacuumed, like it was three o'clock in the morning and he was just going to town and he's like, the house has to be clean. Like you're having a baby today. And I'm like, but we've been keeping up with it so that if this happened, like we didn't have, he's like, no, 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 it has to be clean. I'm like, okay. So I was just walking back and forth and they were like intense, but I could still talk. I like put on my birth playlist, lit my candles on my birth altar, which is in my living room. I, I just had to keep moving. Um, if I stopped moving, it was excruciating. But when I was moving, it was it was great. Like it wasn't anything that I couldn't tolerate. Um, so I kept moving, and then probably uh, as soon as he got done cleaning, it was like perfect timing. He came in. He was like, "Is there anything I can do for you?" And I'm like, "You need to squeeze my hip. Like you need to. Like there, like, it is the pressure is just so intense. Like you just need to squeeze my hip." And from that point until I had the baby, I don't think he stopped squeezing my hips. He like was contracted his arms the entire time. And I remember him saying, I'm not complaining. I'm sure you're in a lot more pain than I am, but this is just, I can't press any harder. I'm like, you need to squeeze harder. Like, I know you can squeeze harder. Like you bench press hundreds of pounds. Like you are literally not pressing hard at all. And he's like, he was so gentle and sweet. He was like, I really am. Babe, I'm pressing as hard as I can. That's so cute. You are not. Like, you are not pressing as hard as you can. Like, you can do more than this. Like, I've seen you throw, like, 400 pounds up. Like, you got to do this. Like, you're not going to hurt me. And he was like, he's like, hey, I'm pressing as hard as I can. And so, I mean, it was just a really nice ebb and flow. Like, uh, we danced together. We swayed together. He, like, the entrainment of birth that I've, like, read about and know about, like, it was wistful of him just like coming and joining me and I joke with him now I'm like it sucks that you're a man because like I would hire you out to birth as a birth attendant because like it was so beautiful like I didn't even have to ask and I was like like I it just was so perfect and like I there was one time that um I had a yell for him that I remember and ironically I didn't find this out until maybe a week or two after he had went and set his phone up to record us like as a memory and that's where he was he was like hiding his phone so I couldn't see it and like not be focused on it uh, and I just I could see I remember that or I could watch the recording now and I hear him I hear myself Aww. go Anthony! <laughs> and he like comes around and he's like yes yes he's like sorry I, I was in the other room I, I was in the other room and I'm like where did you go and he's like I won't leave again but like I mean I'm glad he left now and like retrospect because we have a beautiful like 10 minute video of us like in training and training together but um yeah, so it was really like that until, gosh, for probably like another hour. And then I remember texting the birth photographer and I'm like, I really think you need to come. Like, I didn't think it would go this fast, but I really think I'm going to have this baby soon. And she was like, great, I'll leave now. Like, it was 5.30 when I messaged her and it took her about 45 minutes to get here. And so by the time she came in, um, I like was full on in active labor. Like, I could not speak. I was... Um, running around the house I guess in a sense I was moving constantly I mean I was every time I would try to take a break like for myself like I'd be like okay I'll sit down now I was in excruciating pain like walking was the only thing that made me feel good um even sitting on the toilet was 
horrible. I felt the same way. And then it's so crazy to see women who can just like float in a birth tub and not move, which is amazing. But I could not, I had to keep moving the whole time. I was like, I mean, I said that too, because I remember people saying, well, are you going to have baby in the water? Because you know, water birth is like a very like, the first thing people think of when they think of home birth, like a water birth. And so I was like, no, like I'm having this baby on land. Like, and then now looking back, like, how could I have ever done that? Like, like you said, like I couldn't have ever like even sat down like on a birth stool and had a baby that way, let alone be anywhere without moving my body. So I remember actually our birth photographer came in and um, I, I don't even really much remember much after the dogs barking before when she came in the house. Um, but the dogs, oh gosh, I remember they were such a big part of my village prenatal calls. And um, I don't remember them being anywhere except for curled up in a ball. They would move with me. If I would go into the bedroom or the living room, they would all four of them, they would just curl up into their ball and lay around me. Um, and, but looking at the birth photos afterwards, like they were a lot closer to me than I remember them. I mean, like they were pretty much uh, up in my business the entire time, but it wasn't like that to me when I was in, in the space, like when I was going through it, I mean, it was such like, the, the one which is constantly following me and even our most paranoid, like hypervigilant dog, the male dog we have was like so encompassing of the emotions and the feelings. And he was right. He wasn't too much. Like most days he's too much for me, but this day he was perfect. He got it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He finally got it. And so, um, I labored most of the time in the bedroom, in the bathroom. And I remember, um, I'm terrified of throwing up. Like it's my one fear in life. I hate throwing up. Um, thankfully I never threw up during my pregnancy. I was nauseous for a good bit of time, but I never threw up. Um, but I remember looking at my husband and saying, I'm going to throw up. And he knows that I hate throwing up. And he, and Ashley, the birth photographer, I looked at her and she goes, that's good. That's good. Go throw up. So I ran into the bathroom and I threw up like projectile vomited, like 10 times. And I mean, I mean, 10, like just like wretched 10 times. And I was like, I got up and I was so pissed on like, me like I'm so mad that I threw up like I was raged and then <laughs> I just I just literally felt like the adrenaline I had hit transition and like I literally had a Hulk moment like I was so <laughs> angry that I threw up that, that like That's I just so like, funny. I like I, I've never shot up any type of drug in my life in, or injected anything into my body but it was probably the closest thing to like what it would be like if I injected myself with something. Like I just felt like from the tips of my toes to my fingers all the way to the middle, like not rage, but an adrenaline rush. Like, but rage is like the best way that I could explain it because I was pissed that I threw up. And so I started. <laughs> but did, <laughs> it, so did you feel better after you did it? I did, but I was still so mad. Like I always feel better at like any Of course. Well, right. That's why I was wondering. Yeah. But like, I just was so angry. Like, like my resting bitch face was just like hard on at that point in time. Like, Oh, really? Like I just freaking grew up. I cannot believe it. And then I like had that, like that big moment of just like where the waves got really intense with long periods in between them. And I knew like, I felt the baby completely drop into the birth canal and I was like, okay. And I switched to such a like animalistic, like primal, like, scream and um I'm like wow like I remember it being in my like 
my conscious self was not there. I was very much so in my subconscious, like completely going towards the birth portal. I remember like hearing myself in my head, if that makes sense. Like I just remember hearing my screams in my head as they were coming out. And I was like, just kept like, this is happening. Like the baby's coming. And I, I started like talking to the baby. Now at this point, I remember I mentioned that our spirit baby, we were convinced the entire time it was a girl, a hundred percent. She had given us a name. We had my husband knew what she looked like. So we never focused on anything, but knowing we were going to have a girl. And so, I mean, I spoke to her that way the entire pregnancy because she never responded differently. So I was just saying, you know, come on, baby, like we could do this. Like, I feel you. I like, I was really connected to what my body was feeling. And like, like I could feel your head coming. I could feel like you're dropping down further. I, I, I felt every single one of those movements. And then I like, everything stopped. And I was like, this is weird. And I got angry. Like I just came back into my body and I got so angry and I'm like, something is different. And so I reached my hand inside and I felt like a tube, like a tube, like, um, texture. And I was like, I stopped and I was like in my head, like I could just visually see, I'm like, it's not a cord. It's not an arm. It's not like, I just went through this, like checklist, like this intuitive checklist that like just popped into my brain, like as I was checking it off and I was like, I don't know what it is. And I said, stop. I said, but it's safe. Like, I just felt safe. Like I didn't feel scared, but I didn't know what it was like. And I like, just remember saying to myself and I looked at Asha, the birth photographer and my husband, and I said, I need to go in the bathroom. And they were like, okay. So I ran to the bathroom, shut off all the lights. I shut the door and I started screaming and I was crying and I was praying. I mean, it was an, like, it was the most intense moment. And my husband like knocked on the door and he's like, you don't have to answer me, but I want to make sure everything's okay. I said, please come in here with me. And he came, like I was squatted in the corner between the shower and the toilet. And like, he just put his arms around me and like, we just prayed. And like, like I had, I just said to him, I was like, I'm terrified. Like Mm -hmm. this baby's going to come. I'm terrified. Hmm. And he was like, you're doing everything exactly the way it's supposed to be. He said, it's not scary. He said, you're allowed to be scared. He said, is there anything else? And I said, I don't even think it's going to hurt. Like I said, I don't know. Like, I don't, I'm scared. I'm not, this isn't feeling how I thought it was supposed to feel. Like, cause I was there, I was feeling euphoria. I wasn't feeling what society has told me that I needed to feel. And so I was fearful that things, something was going to go wrong because I wasn't feeling what I was supposed to be feeling according to everybody else. And he was like, are we good? I said, yeah, we're good. And so we had hired a postpartum doula. So I called her, I FaceTimed her. And he was like, what are you doing on your phone? I'm like, I just need like a woman. Like, I just need a woman to like, look at me and say, I could do it. And he was like, okay. So I called her and I said, Emily, I said, I'm having this baby. She said, good. <laughs> good. Is there anything else? And I was like, I, I like, I feel something like I need to make sure it's not something wrong. And she was like, I'm sure it's fine. And she said, but tell me. And I said, I know it's not the same checklist. I've closed my eye. I know it's not this. I know it's not this. And she said, okay, it sounds like it could be a cervical lift. She said, try putting yourself in a position that you don't want to be in. And I was like, well, hell no, I'm not doing that. (laughs) Like, hell no. And she was like, you'll be fine. And I was like, okay. So I said, I like stood there 
And I was like, what position? And she was like, pull your belly up. And I was like, "Uh uh-uh, absolutely not. I am not pulling my belly up. And my husband looked at me and I looked at him and he gave me that look like that, like that, like energy passed of like, you know, you need to pull your belly up. Like that was like, he didn't have to say it, but it was the look. And so I was like, you pull my belly up. So he came behind me and he pulled my belly up and I thought I was dying. (laughs) Like it was so painful because he basically like lifted the baby out of like, like in a sense, like that's what it felt like. Like he like pulled up on my belly and it just felt like he lifted everything inside me. And I like grabbed his arms and I pulled up with him and I felt a moment of relief and then I put it back down and I looked at him and I said, I'm going to throw up. (laughs) And he was like, then throw up. And I'm like, but I already threw up. Like I was so angry. Like I already threw up Anthony and he's like, we'll throw up again. So I'm like, I can't make it to the bathroom this time. So he ran and grabbed the trash can. I threw up 15 times, 15 times. Um, And it was more aggressive than the first time. And I was really angry now, like really angry. And again, I got another surge, like the Hulk surge. I got another rush of adrenaline. Um, And at this time I was really on like, like super like intense like rage and fire like I was so fiery like I was like if this baby doesn't come after this like this baby ain't coming at all you know like I was like there's nothing more intense than the power that I feel like raging inside of me and so um you know I put my hand back inside and I was like the baby's head is there like and so Emily was still on FaceTime and she was like what do you feel? And I was like, the baby's coming. And she was like, good. Now go have that baby. And that was the end of that. And I was like, okay. So then that's when everything kicked into high gear. And so I felt the pressures of bearing down. Um, Thankfully, the pain was gone after that. Um, I didn't feel any pain anymore. It was 100% pressure and euphoria. Um, And I got to go back to that place of um, like, the birth portal. God, isn't it? It's just so crazy how fear and pain are connected. Right. Because as soon as you knew that the baby was coming and the, you know, air quotes tube was gone, it's like, yeah. and and you've moved through the puking. It's just like, okay, great. You're on back on top. Yeah. Let's go. There's no fear. Yeah. And then, yeah, you can re-enter your euphoric bubble. Yeah, that was probably that, four, like, that I don't know, maybe 30 minute span that it was. It felt like 10 hours, that 30 minute span. I bet. Yeah. Yeah, But it was, that was the hardest part of the entire pregnancy and birth, uh, that 30 minutes. But it was really like, I remember the one song that I had put on the birth playlist that I'd hoped to birth this baby to, because it was like me and my glory and power. Like I knew if I heard that song, I'd 100% be able to get through of it, whatever it was that I was in. And that song was playing Hmm. literally. It had have repeated itself. Like I felt like it played the entire time. It was so perfect. And as soon as I put my hand and felt the baby's head, I, you know, I just tapped into another volume of screaming. Um, And our houses are very close together. Um, So I'm pretty sure the whole neighborhood probably heard me. Um, I don't think I could ever even tap into that sound or that volume ever again outside of birth. Um, and 
I squatted down and my husband came behind me and was like just watching underneath and the birth photographer, I didn't, I don't remember her at all during the birth, but, um, she had to have been like in front of me because I have photos where she's super uh-huh. close. Like and she could see everything from the front end. And so I had probably, I remember saying to myself, I don't want to push like my entire pregnancy. Like I knew the fetal ejection reflex was a thing. I knew I wanted to trust it, but I was getting to that place of being in my head again, like that ebb and flow of like, okay, birth is ensuing, but I want to be in charge. Birth is ensuing, but I want to be in charge. And so I said, um, I don't want to push. And then I'm like, well, I do want to push. So I looked at Anthony during one of like the relaxing times between sensations. And I was like, I want to push. And he was like, then push. Like, why are you telling me this? You know, like, and I was like, but I don't want to push. And you just said you wanted to push. And I'm like, he's like, do whatever you want, what your body's telling you to do. And so I was like, okay, I'll push. And I was like, "Ah." and I just started laughing. Like, why would I ever do something so ridiculous? (laughs) And as soon as I started laughing, all the bearing down pressures came and um, fetal ejection reflex kicked in and it did its job. And it was probably maybe only two of those. And I felt the head um, and I said, I think the head is coming. And my husband said, I could see it. And I put my hand there and he placed his hands out underneath because my only fear during my entire pregnancy was that my baby would, my husband wouldn't catch my baby or that my baby would fall onto the ground. That was my only fear. Um, And it was a valid one because every birth video that I had ever watched, the baby's head comes and then you have like a small break and another set of sensations or contractions that then like expel the rest of the body. That did not happen with my baby. As soon as his chin came, the rest of his body shot out like a torpedo and my husband caught him. Um, upside down, like the baby actually grabbed onto my husband's arm. You've probably seen the picture. Um, and like my husband caught the baby, but the baby actually caught himself from hitting the ground. Um, and then he, I completely fell to the ground because I had been squatting for goodness, like two hours, probably at this point, like up and down and up and down. Um, and like being on my hands and knees and just up, I was just constantly moving since three o'clock in the morning. And so he was born at 8.52 in the morning and um, my husband rolled him over and handed him to me as soon as I fell down, my husband handed him to me and I just saw this raging scrotum. <laughs> and I was like, it's a boy. And my husband was like, what? And I was like, it's a boy. And he was like, oh my gosh. And I remember looking, like turning him over and looking him in the eyes and never, ever seeing this baby before. Like I really, in an all 100% true and honest sense, if I would have birthed this baby in the hospital, I would have felt like they gave me the wrong baby. Um, and I was like, this is, this is weird. Like it was like a really moment of like us really learning about who each other is. And um, it's such a weird paradigm. And so I remember looking at him and throughout my pregnancy, I never had birth dreams. And for as such a, a dream intuitive that I am, and a lot of things um, are weigh very heavily in my dreams and come to me, um, much like most of my life has unfolded before me. And um, I had really learned much later in pregnancy that this little girl that I was to birth, I've actually known her most of my childhood, and she used to come to me in my dreams as a child. And so I knew when I birthed this baby that it wasn't her. Um, that was like the first thing I knew that this baby that I had connected with, the spirit baby, was not the baby that I birthed. Um, 
And a lot of the spirit baby connections that I had in the end of pregnancy were very sarcastic and honestly, um, a very much fitting image of me of just like, haha, got you, you know, very sarcastic, very playful, very like my personality humor type. But I took them so seriously. Like I wasn't playful with them at the end of pregnancy. I like I actually was really like putting a lot of weight on them in terms of like trusting that the unknown was known as that. And so it was a huge lesson. I mean, like seeing this baby that was mine, clearly I have a baby. No, it's definitely my baby. But like in a spirit sense, not feeling connected to the baby. Um, but then as I stared at him, like I'm pretty like you could probably see it from the photos. I'm like in complete shock that this like is my baby and it's not maybe I thought it was gonna be. But I wasn't disappointed. I was just uncertain. Like I just was like like a clean slate. I had no idea who this baby was. And as I stared at him, um, it was like all of the dreams that I couldn't remember that I had during pregnancy of him came rushing back in because I was too fixated on the telltale signs that I had been given. And I wasn't actually entrusting the openness and navigating the true unknown like I should have been. And as soon as like, they literally came into me like a vortex, like it was like, they just like shoom and they were all there. And I looked at him and I was like, Oh my gosh, like you're little Anthony. Like me and my husband had always talked about if and when, whenever we had a boy, he would be named Anthony after my husband. Cause my husband's the last, um, abide of his family. Um, and so since we thought we were having a girl, we had been given this girl name. We had talked about other girl names. We had never, ever talked about a boy name. But for years, I mean, probably six or seven years, we had known if we ever had a son, his name would be Anthony. Like, And so when all these memories came rushing back to me, my husband's sitting there watching me and he goes, oh my God, it's a boy. What are we going to name him? I said, Anthony. And he was like, what? You know, like, what? <laughs> like, no, like, this is Anthony. And he was like, oh my gosh, you're right. Like we did, like that did come to us years ago. And so it was such like a coming home moment of like trusting my maternal instincts, like as a, as a mom with a baby outside of the womb, um, that I just like was in shock. And then all of the adrenaline from the two surges of transition that I went through, I literally was like shaking and just sitting there and the, the cord was super short. Um, I actually wasn't able to lift him any higher than my waist. It was very thin and very short. Um, so I forgot about the placenta much like we talked about earlier. Um, and I said like, we need to get up and I need to go lay in bed. Like I just, I just need to lay in bed. I just need to like really relish and like the thoughts just, that just came back to me and like really align with who the two of us are now. Like I remember, like I really, really remember finally. And so I got up, like he helped me in the bed. Um, and then like the birth photographer, like, you know, took pictures of it all. She, you know, we had talked about what I wanted and I wanted, I really wanted a, a picture of like the baby attached to the placenta and like, you know, very much so um, just capsulating the entire journey from, you know, birth or the or pregnancy to birth. And I laid in bed and I got me these raging contractions and I'm like, oh my God, what is wrong? And my husband just so politely goes, you need a birth to placenta. And I was like, get me up. Like, why did you even lay me down in bed? Just get me up. And so I was like, you need to go get a bowl. Just go get a bowl. Like, I was like, so annoyed. I was like, so disrupted. Because I just got these beautiful memories. I just got in the bed. And then I'm like, oh yeah, my body reminded me that I have not 
completed my pregnancy and completed bringing this this little one earth side. And so he put the big Pyrex bowl, the glass Pyrex bowl in the toilet. And I sat in the toilet and it emerged as I was like squatting to sit. I mean, it was already, had already released and just waiting for me to release it. And so we had like a really good um, family bonding moment with my husband holding the placenta and the bowl in his arms. And that's like sitting on the toilet um, with the baby in arms and just much like everything in birth, nothing goes the way that you want it you see it in, in terms of specifics, you know, like the blanket that I thought we would use. Well, it turned out we just used like the random, like purple, like shredded blanket to wrap him in. And it was like, I mean, looking at the photos, like it's so raw and so real. And I would have never imagined the other way, but like the thought of having the girl, having the things, like I was still so much, I had let go much like we said, like that was my lesson, but like, I didn't really let go. Like the ultimate lesson came full circle after the birth. Like I just, it just like smacked me in the face. Like this is what you get. You know, you didn't, you did the process, but here's another life lesson to teach you from the universe. Like got you on the back end type of thing. Like you didn't know it all. Like we got you. Um, and it's for your greater good. Like it's for your expansion. It's for you to mother this child. And like, if I wouldn't have had those lessons, I wouldn't be the mom I am right now. Like I wouldn't have endured through my miserable 10 weeks of breastfeeding. You know, I wouldn't have, it wouldn't have been as important to me to heal my mother wound through breastfeeding my child exclusively with no pumping, no shields, nothing, just like excruciating pain and enduring that. And like, just really feeling like I needed to walk that journey to heal my wounds. And it was in a physical sense, like I had physical wounds, but I had to, heal my physical wounds and my emotional wounds from my family lineage through enduring that pain. Like, you know, my mom didn't go through the breastfeeding journey because she couldn't, because she had a traumatic birth. And so I actually had to pick up, you know, in a sense in the pain where she left off and complete that. And I'm so glad I did. But if it wasn't for that coming home moment, when I got all those memories of birthing him in my dreams and realizing it was a boy like I, that's what really kept me sane, like in terms of my 40 day lay in uh. and enduring excruciatingly painful breastfeeding, because I would just latch him on, cry, bite the grit, unlatch him. And then think about those memories. Like I'm doing wow. this, like, you know, I'm, I'm really doing this for a reason. Like this, my, my purpose is rooted in such deep work that I'm trying to do. And then relatch him back on. And like, it was really a, an ebb and flow. And so, gosh, I mean, we all know birth, like the lessons that birth brings us are so fruitful and so much needed. But I thought, I thought I knew it all because I had not knew it all, but I, I had it all figured out in a sense of, because like I had done the dream birth, I had done, you know, the village prenatals, I had, you know, tapped into my body, tuned into what was going on. And then still like the universe is just amazing with the gifts it brings because if I didn't have that, I probably would have lost my mind and I wouldn't have sabotaged my birth, but I would have sabotaged my postpartum. (sighs) Wow. (laughs) That was the most thoroughly enjoyable (laughs) birth story I have heard in a long time. (gasps) 
I laughed. I cried. <laughs> so good. <laughs> oh, just so much wisdom. And it's fun to talk to you, you know, seven months out because you've had all this time to percolate on it and digest it and integrate it. And it's fun to hear you talk about it at this stage of your, of your mother. And I didn't want to, gosh, I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to do the work to process it. Like, I remember what I, like I posted in the free birth society, like I had my baby, you know, like he was born, blah, blah, blah. I'll tell you the story later. And everybody was like, can't wait to hear the story. Can't wait to do the story. And I'm like, I don't want to freaking tell this thing. Like, I don't even know what happened to me like 24 hours totally. ago. Like it's going to be like two yeah. years before I tell this story. And then there's people that, because like, there was so many babies born that week, like free birth that week, because that people had already like yeah. had their birth stories. And I was like, I didn't even tell anybody the story until like August. Like, and then even then, like, I remember I, I started writing it on my phone and I'm like, I can't even put this into like real words. Well, because we're talking about magic. I mean, we're talking about like a, a reality that we are currently not in. Right. And then like telling the story of that reality. It's, it's really funny. Yeah. <laughs> it's really <absolutely>. trippy. <laughs> mm, so good. So awesome. I loved it. I loved it so much. That was such an awesome story just from beginning to end. And you just have such a great ability to articulate your work, you know, and how it, how it happened for you and how you digested it and leaned into it. I think that that's going to be hugely inspiring for many women. Thank you. Oh, all right. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much. This is, oh, it's a beautiful experience to relive it over and over again. <laughs> mm-hmm. May that be the truth for many, many, many more women to come. Yes, that is my hope. That's it for today, everyone. Join us next week for another episode of the Free Birth Podcast. Thanks for joining us. And remember, your body, your choice. Lots of love.